Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. <laughs> Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and to contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. True that. Team, if you want to find us on the internet, go to trustthejourney.today. That's our website. It's our Instagram. We invite you to engage, to like, to comment, to share these episodes with anyone you think they might help. If you'd like to join us in the Trust the Journey family and get a community of support where we expand the conversations with you all directly, please join us there. How you do that is go to trustthejourney.today, scroll down, click the button to donate on Patreon in any amount, and we will add you to that private Facebook group, and we would love to have you. And everyone who is already a member, we are very grateful for your support. It really makes a world of difference and it makes this show possible. So thank you. Yeah, I'll second that. Thank you very much to all of our Trust the Journey family members. I truly appreciate interacting with all of you and your contributions to our family and for supporting the show. And to anybody who does like, share, comment, send the show to somebody who needs it. And I have to take a little divergence to those of you who've sent personal messages over the last couple of months sharing your direct appreciation. Thank you so much for doing so. It really means the world. Yeah. We'd also like to thank our editor, Kimberly Joy Voice, for handling the editing and posting of the podcast. She's been just great. Without her as a team member, we would be flailing. So thank you so much for Kimberly. If you would like her support editing your program, you can reach her at KimberlyJoyVoice at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. And if you would like to follow Jay and myself individually, we also have our own unique channels on Instagram. Jay is at Jason underscore Maledsky, and I am at MelanieCurtis.com for all of the things. But yeah, so let's dive into today. Today we're talking about freedom. Now, I wanted to pose this topic because... (laughs) because interestingly, right, I, I find myself in my life experience and freedom is a huge, huge driving value for me. It's why I love and thrive as an entrepreneur. It is a huge driver in my relationships with friends and loved ones and everything that, you know, in relationship, I see it also in my spiritual path hugely. And so anyway, why I wanted to talk about this is because I, and I know I've mentioned this on the show already, but this is a persisting for me. This is sort of a real time working through some stuff for me type of a topic because I have the freedom to choose to do what I want to do with my life and lifestyle. And I have all these amazing opportunities coming my way because of the work that I've done over the years and this and that. And holy fuck, am I overloaded? Like it's, and I'm so struggling with like, what does freedom 
look like to me or what do I want freedom to look like to me now? Because there it's it's tough, right, for me now at least. And and this is not a a complaint. It's more like I am struggling with my bandwidth and stuff like that and I'm 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 in contemplation around what do I want freedom to look like for me? in the coming years, in the coming, even the coming months, but in the coming years. And so that's why I wanted to bring it to this space because I was like, maybe Jay and the fam can help me because, (laughs) oh man, because I feel free. And at the same time, I don't because I'm, I'm got a lot on my plate that I don't want to fail on. You know what I mean? I don't want to say no to that I don't want to disappoint people around stuff like that so it's that's the sort of thing that I'm I'm coming up against recently so anyway I invite your thoughts so you're talking about upholding your commitments is kind of the primary piece within that not not wanting to fail structure there Yeah. yeah and also not wanting to let go of opportunities that I am very truly excited about but recognizing sort of a I don't know, like a, like a, there's just too much on my plate. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, what, how, and learning how to outsource. So I'm doing all of those things too. It's a definite growth phase, which I'm excited about. I'm happy about it. There's a positive energy connected to this, this contemplation for me. Like, I don't feel you know, I don't feel depressed. Like, oh, I, if anything, I just get into moments where I'm overwhelmed and I have to just like lay down and drool, you know, <laughs> because, I do know. you know, yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> um, maybe it's a perspective thing too, of like what, maybe there's just some old stuff I need to let go of around what it quote should look like. What does excelling look like as it relates to these commitments that I've taken on? What, what are those timelines needing to look like? Maybe it's, I'm needing to adjust that a little bit because everything's good. You know, like it sounds silly, but like everything's good. It's just taking some time. Like it's taking maybe longer than I would like, which is normal. So yeah, anyway. Um, the, the last couple of evenings I've been extremely over, over taxed. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the ways that I've found for myself to, um, maintain the ability to push through a late shift of us generally doing some kind of like a data entry kind of stuff. Like I'm doing menial sorting and organizing kind of tasks to like dial in a bunch of things that need to be organized. And in the same time, I've been watching some television in the background. And the point of this is I've been watching this guy and he's built himself a log cabin by hand using hand tools. Mm. So here's a young man who's made a decision uh, to carve out a piece of land. He's in the Swedish forest. And so he's got a plot of land. His grandfather lives nearby and he is cutting the trees by hand with an ax and a saw. And then he is hauling the trees by hand with a pair of these big kind of caliper things that you use to drag logs and he's got other logs that he rolls them with. So he's one man 
building himself a cabin alone in the woods. And it's a four year project to get it from this is where I'm going to put it to it being a cabin with a roof on it. Not not finished yet, but the basic, you know, the most of it's there. And so when you talk about freedom. Here's a man who is chosen a singular goal, right? His freedom is to have that cabin, that escape in the woods, that place of his own to always go to, to, you know, it's his building himself with his bare hands, right? And I really, really identify with this. Like part of this resonates really powerfully with me. The idea of like, I'm going to go and carve myself out a little space in this world that's mine and it's going to nurture me and it's going to hold me. It's going to be my nest, my safe, warm place to go. And the fact that he's doing it with his bare hands, no power tools at all, and doing everything the old school way with ads and axes and saws wow. and building like stacking all the logs one person you know using leverage and all the right techniques to do it the freedom in that is is really really powerful statement right yeah. like it's a huge statement to say i'm i'm free to survive this life on my own in the woods and obviously he's got he's living in a little tent mm. next to where he's building the cabin for those four years and it's a little yurt right yeah and he's obviously got his little setup in there and i know a lot of my friends who live kind of dirtbag lifestyles because they choose that right, <laughs> right. highly educated people rocket scientists right, right. who choose to live in their beat up little van yeah and drive around so that they can park down by the river and have that fr- freedom yeah you know that that decision um and so watching this it had me mesmerized the other night. I watched probably four or five hours What's it of called? this guy. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We'll figure yeah. it out. We'll f- but noted. I, I, I saved it in my YouTube channel yeah, so I can yeah. pull it up. Cool. But I have not been paying close enough attention to the details. But it's the great thing about it. He's, he doesn't talk mm. for the entire time. It's just video of mm. him doing his tasks. Wow. And then he's edited it down. So there's no speaking. So it's the kind of thing that can run in the background while I'm working. And it can help me have some so also this relationship to this idea yeah. of freedom where I'm feeling quite trapped under workload of a burden of workload that I'm, you know, I'd love to be out with friends socializing. I'd love to be spending time with loved ones or just kicking back and having a good time or going out on an adventure. But I'm under a chosen workload. So my through my own freedom, I have chosen the workload that as you have mm-hmm. to be, you know, f- pushing through to get something accomplished. Yeah. And then I'm, here I am relating to this guy who has chosen a workload for himself as well, but it's a very different type. And it's made me think about, especially that now I'm moving into another phase of life. Like, what do I want freedom to look like? for myself and i mean as young people we're told to like consider retirement you know like what do you want basically that's freedom yeah retirement right you know Uh, but there's there's every version of our life all the way through and i kind of did it the other way around when my 20s my 20s and 30s i just did whatever i wanted right kind of (laughs) you know right had, had that freedom then so 
it's a it's a really broad concept. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The reason I wanted to talk about it, not because well, is because it's it's such a powerful driving value in my existence. And, and I think anything that has that big of a foothold in our existences. It behooves us to reflect on it at periodical stages in our in our lives. You know what I mean? So it's like, is is that value? Something that I want to continue to have at that level, you know what I mean? Um, and I think I do. I think I still do. Uh, I don't feel like it's going to get knocked out of its major position. I think it is like we're sort of getting to there's a little bit of redefining of what that looks like and what it is more specifically in terms of my choices and relating to my work and to other people. So that's sort of, yeah, something I'm, I'm chewing on because yeah, like one of the things that I'm sort of drawn toward recently, and this it's funny that you bring up this dude with the log cabin and the, the stuff, because, and this is not a new idea, but it's a relatively new form of an old idea, is this idea of, of buying or finding or creating some kind of retreat home in the forest specifically. So I don't necessarily want to move to the forest and be out away from society, away from easy access to the city and my current community. I love where I live. And I'm I'm really liking this idea of having access to the land and access to a home that is a place I could go. Like, for example, if I my writing, you know, my writing is in a new phase of its evolution in the sense that my book is done. My audible book is done. I have this this <laughs> Matilda's joining. Uh, I have this vision or this thought of writing about my psychedelic healing as my next major writing project. And I, a lot of writers in my, I don't know, just intellectual circle, a lot of people that I know about have had experiences where they go to a place and they really sit and focus and, and make writing their primary focus. And I sort that sort of appeals to me, this idea of at some point and then whether I need a retreat home or so, like, again, these ideas are just sort of bouncing around, not really in a full, f fully formed state yet. But I like the idea of that. You know what I mean? Going, doing some kind of longer term retreat, focusing on writing. I don't know, but I also like this idea of being able to retreat to the forest more easily as a regular thing. Matil wants relate. to retreat from this room, so I'm going to let her out. Uh -huh. So the um, fellow that I've been watching, his name is Eric Granqvist. It's E-R-I-K-G-R-A-N-D-K-V-I-S-T. Cool. Yeah. Eric Grandquist, The Great Outdoors. Cool. Care to watch a man build a log cabin. 
Yeah. And it's not even also like I, I, I need isolation, by the way, it, it, like a part of what appeals to having a retreat ro- retreat home is being able to ha- host people, you know, and have people come there and, and make different kind of memories together like that. Just all these ideas sort of really appeal to me. And uh, I'm on the exact yeah. same page as you in that element, yeah. Uh, yeah, really looking at the next phases of life with how to be freedom means time with people to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Including alone. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Totally. So I wrote a little note and it, the question, it's a question is what does freedom mean to you? Yeah. That's the question. That is. And it changes over time, right? For sure. Yeah, I think it's it's de- depending, the definition depends on the lane of life that you're looking at. Like freedom in a relationship is, in a love relationship or even in a friendship is just defined or a professional relationship is defined differently for every person for every single person. You know what I mean? Like what is, I think that's an interesting part of the conversation as well. Looking at that and how do you define that among partnerships? That takes a lot of practice, a lot of communication, right? Mm -hmm. I think I've, at least from speaking from my own experience, that definition has varied vastly. Yeah. Through the different relationships that I've been a, a member of, you know, at times that, that concept of, you know, what is freedom or what are the boundaries within a relationship is another way to phrase it. Yeah. You know, you know how much freedom do you have or what are the boundaries within this? And that depends on what people's comfort levels are and what people's desires are and, you know, and personal, uh, you know, like self-confidence and trust and all these, all these concepts. So yeah, that's, that's a, and it's like, that's a whole conversation in itself. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. I think you are right in that it speaks to the skill set of communication when we're talking about defining freedom among others it would require a high level of introspection situational and self-awareness and the communication skills to go around that not that you need to have those skills in order to start those types of dialogues but to it gives you sort of a roadmap of like these are skills I could build that would help me foster more aligned freedom in my life. You know what I mean? If part of the question is we want the version of freedom that we're after. Well, okay, cool. How do we get it? Okay. Well, if it's in relation to other people, which almost always it is, if we are not complete recluses and isolated people, then there are other people involved. It's, uh, it behooves us to get those skills. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it it calls us toward that skill set of self-awareness of leaning in what what is it and and again asking these questions periodic periodically because i think you know that's one thing that i i want this particular conversation to highlight is and why i brought it up why i was like maybe this will help me so i'll bring it to trust the journey <laughs> is that 
it's a, the iterative process, right? Like I might've defined this one way five years ago. And today I, I need to look at it again. I might've defined it a differently a year ago. And I want to look at it again. Uh, certainly again, reflecting back on myself as a 20 something, it's so different. So obviously different. Had I done no reflecting over those years, holy fuck, where would I be? You know, so I like this notion of just being willing to reflect on what this means for us, I think is important as well. When I was in my 20s and 30s, obviously freedom to me meant being able to jump as much as I possibly could. Yeah. Or want wanted to. You know, it meant being able to train, being able to jump, being able to compete like that. That freedom was all about empowerment to go and do the, what I desired to be doing at that time. So having access to to something meant freedom. Yeah. Um, and now that's not even on my list of like what I want or need on my day-to-day basis and that concept. So that checking in with yourself, like it just changes, right? Like as life goes by our, what is important changes as we go through the different phases. Yeah. Um, There was a time in my life where, and this is an interesting one because it's kind of cyclical, you know, um, I lived in my van when I was in my early 20s and I traveled around and I skydived. I had an RV. I went around as an AFF instructor, a tandem instructor, a videographer, a packer, and just rolled around from drop zone to drop zone and had the freedom that I didn't have a nine to five. I didn't have a singular employer. I had the I wasn't locked into renting. It was like really like reaching for this f- concept that a lot of people are looking to try to achieve in this world of like kind of the digital nomad, you know, van life kind of person who, who's like, I have the freedom to move at will. I work when and where I feel like working or when it makes when it's convenient and it makes sense to do that. And then I have the freedom to go and explore new places, meet new people, have new experiences all those types of things. And so that came up for me in my 20s. And then it came up again in my 40s, where, you know, just recently over the last couple of years, I built myself a van and I switched to becoming a digital nomad and started kind of reliving some of that same things. But that that form of freedom, like every form, is gets exhausting. Yeah. At some point it becomes tiring mm-hmm. and it starts to weigh. So there's an interesting thing about this cycles of how like whatever we w- the grass is greener kind of concept, you know, like oh I wish I recently I'm like I need an I need an office and a desk and good internet connection so that I can work so that I can achieve a goal so I have the freedom to work efficiently and in there's a you know that long-term goal setting is all there for the bigger purposes i want to be able to sit back in five or ten years and connect with loved ones and spend you know large amounts of time without having to be so distracted or dedicated to other things so i think it's important for us to recognize that cyclical nature at least in our own desires towards freedom But I'll also place another concept of like a perspective on it. And we speak about like our 
I mean, we live in the land of the free, you know, mm. USA is founded on this concept of freedom. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've vastly struggled with through my experience as a as a privileged white man, right, I've right. still struggled with this concept of freedom when it comes to how we actually live in the world, mm. because I still never feel that. Mm. I still struggle with like, do I really feel free? I feel like I have fences around me, yeah. you know? So no, I don't. Mm -hmm. But I know that relatively compared to other circumstances, the level of freedom is very high. Compared to uh, uh, some others, yeah. it's very low mm -hmm. in, in relative circumstances. So it's a, it's a big topic. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I think that's that's the question of, you know, societal forces that we choose to live in, you know, spiritual guardrails that we... Uh, the, the societal, this is the thing, like theoretically you could go live somewhere else or you could go into the forest and, and live off the grid and not really partake in much of the societal uh, pieces. And I say you, and I mean you general, the societal pieces of the USA, for example, given that's the country that we're currently in. Theoretically, obviously, not really, because if you're on the soil, theoretically, you are, uh, you know, just subject to those laws or whatever, and the yep. potential repercussions of those laws and the way that those laws are upheld. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's an interesting part of the conversation, too, where I don't know. That. I don't even know what to say about that. It's sort of like it's almost like that part of stuff you ignore for a majority of your life because it's so big and it feels so impossible to make any impact around. This is sort of one reason why I know, it's so weird, but like I've had this sort of longstanding sort of aversion to police in general my dad's a cop. Like I have lots of positive influences of police and all that in my life too. So I'm not trying to make some negative commentary about police. I'm more, I'm talking about my emotional reaction to them. And, and this is me talking as a privileged white woman. If anyone is going to be theoretically protected by current American police, it would be me. Um, and this is also why I have this deep pain when I hear about mass incarceration and how, you know, people of color, black men in particular, are so proportionally, you know, incarcerated. And that's just like, oh, my God, the idea of being incarcerated in a prison for like the entirety of your existence, that makes me think of freaking Victor Frankl and how you, the only access to freedom then at that point is spiritual. Yeah. You touched on this, this concept of like, you just ignore it or you just accept it. And I can remember being young man somewhere in my early teens would have been mid teens and really, really wanting to do exactly what 
um, Eric was doing was like go into the Canadian wilderness and get some crown land and build myself a cabin and run away from society. Because as a young person, I felt even in an incredibly free place like Canada, where I grew up, I still felt incredibly restricted by Mm. the societal expectations, the boundaries that were uh, put around me by religion, by my my parents' religious choices, and by the structure in the school systems that said what is right and wrong and how I should or shouldn't feel about things or what is in is okay to express uh, is, is or is not okay. And all of those things made me really angry. You know, it really frustrated me. It really infuriated me that I couldn't just be whatever I wanted to be, you know, because I remember being somewhere in that transition between being a child and being a young adult and realizing, oh, I can't just be whatever I want. I have like all these things impeding, like fighting me or trying to stop me or or trying to tell me not to. Um, and realizing that this word that we hold so powerfully up of like freedom you know like this is the what we 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 fight for and the relationship of that to wars and it really confused me and angered me i'm like okay how can we how can we have this concept of freedom but then be so bounded Mm, by concepts at the same time and i mean this was me as a young man and then at some point i just go what the hell am i gonna do This is, this is society, right? Like I just have to accept that this is the society that I'm in or I have to try and change it. Yeah. And, and we see this there's, so there's, you know, you see the young protest minded, empowered, you know, empowered youth, you know, late teens, early twenties that are just like out there demonstrating out there with Mm -hmm. a voice out there trying to make that change. And I think that that's something that's really, for me, I observe that there's a time in our lives, kind of for everybody, where as we come into our own, we realize that we don't have the freedom that we we feel we should. Mm, yeah. And we either decide to speak up about it and make it a point of action for ourselves, or we decide to just accept the way things are or we try to find a way to kind of skirt through the lines you know and like sneak in between and be like all right i don't i don't need to fight and be an opposing force because what's that freedom Mm -hmm. an opposing force that doesn't sound like freedom to me right Uh, and accepting something sounds like you're just being caged or you're just you know being locked up and then so so sort of like in my choice was to kind of like, well, I'm just going to try to disappear in between the lines, kind of like, where can I not have to fight for something, but to just exist? Hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'd be curious what people think about that, what their experience is like. If anybody listening, I would totally welcome your thoughts on this. Like what uh, what is your experience of that? Because I feel like. 
that realization of being sort of trapped or caged inside some in a certain society. And listen, I also have perspectives in my life of people who love like love it here because they have perspectives of of being far less free in other countries, far less opportunity, you know, so so they're here in, in the United States and they are just it, super thrilled and super grateful. You know what I mean? So that's something that I definitely do to sort of free myself from the frustration of feeling unfree is I focus on the, the parts that are really good. And I focus on the parts where if I where I do want to take action or do want to speak up, you know what I mean? Then that's a bit of version of freedom, whether it's this conflict energy, but it doesn't necessarily have to be conflict energy, it can be the energy of being heard and seen and taking up space. You know what I mean? You hear a lot of that in terms of when you're talking about women's rights and and all of that, where so for so long, women have been sort of taught societally taught ideologically taught to sit down and smile and shut up. You know what I mean? Not necessarily in those terms. Sometimes I'm sure in those terms. But so this notion of taking up space, seizing your seat at the table, as it were, that type of notion of of being in the room and being a voice in the room and the room nowadays is the world. It's so easy to have a voice because we have the internet and we have public platforms that we can make our own, not saying that everyone's platform is going to have the same influence or impact because platforms vary in impact and influence, you know, but that feels like an aligned version of, of, of rising to me. It feels like freedom when my, when I free my voice, like that's one reason why I value doing trust the journey so much is that I, I'm grateful for the freeing of my voice and of myself as a person to be in the world in this process that we're in as being human and growing and learning and all the things that we value. Yeah, like that's really important, really, really important to me, which is why I consistently do it on my own individual channels as well, is this notion of freeing my own voice and allowing myself to take up space. The concept of mindfulness in relationship to the concept of freedom and, you know, when you mentioned Viktor Frankl and the spiritual, the choice that's made there, right, where the exterior circumstances are one of imprisonment and the interior or the spiritual choice is one of utter freedom. Yeah. And, you know, and so this is a really interesting concept within ourselves, the, our own self-awareness, our own mindfulness practice. So I know you and I are going through a similar period right now where we're both very taxed in our chosen workloads. So we've made decisions in our lives that are pulling us to the end of our ability to deliver at the levels that we are 
feel content with delivering at. Yep, correct. And I can immediately think about some of my parent friends who are in the same place where they're doing everything they can to show up to their relationship, to their job, to their sons and daughters, to their families, to all the different things that they have to show up to. And they're smoked. Yeah. Right. Like they got nothing left to give. And we've chosen into this level of commitment a level of engagement, a level of responsibility, a level of connection. And it, it's can be incredibly emotionally, physically exhausting. Yeah. And this same time, we have access to this portal of mindfulness or meditation whichever one of the words you want to use. There's a lot of interesting discussion. I'm doing a lot of study to learn about the differences, mindfulness versus meditation, and just becoming aware of how the experience is. So here, you know, choose to have this job, choose to create this podcast, choose to engage this project, choose to make this trip, choose to have this relationship, choose to build this project. That I'm like All these things are personal choices. I have the freedom to make all of these choices. And now in, in that, the, my own, or, you know, our own, your own, my own, like expectations that I've set are what start to make it feel like it's not a freedom anymore. Like yeah. it's like because of the expectation of it towards an outcome, there's a feeling of like not achieving, not, not meeting whatever desired outcome we want. And that's an attachment thing, right? Like that's attachment to an outcome. So it's an interesting thing. If I'm just mindful enough to not be attached to the outcome and just say, actually, I chose to do this because I love working with these people or this project is important or having a family is something that is of value to me. And I can reposition myself to a place of mindfulness that allows me to remember the value in things and change my perspective from this is this is a burden or I'm failing to deliver or I'm not able to reach, you know, this the outcome that I want this to be. And I can go, actually, this is the the whole value is in the, the the day-to-day it is in the connection it is in the, the fight the struggle the the hard work and all those things the mindfulness can really help at least for me to bring it back around and that gratitude practice massive oh, and doing yeah. it, oh, like i could almost cry right now for the gratitude practice mm-hmm. which is, uh, i mean i'll just keep curving this just a little bit and i've started doing it at every shared meal um clasping hands and doing what I used to do when I was a little kid with my mom and having a gratitude practice. And it's not just about saying thank you for our food. It's a real true gratitude practice of saying, this is what I'm grateful for today. Yeah. And like help anchoring those reminders of 
all the gifts that are coming and constantly coming in on how everything is really for us. And that's been really helpful for me lately. I've been yeah. trying to keep it together at times. Yeah, yeah. I think the other side of that coin is the fear side, the attachment, like you mentioned, the attachment to outcomes, the level of performance we are content delivering at, which implies that there's something wrong with delivering at a different level. And that's all self-imposed, as you said. Interestingly, someone I really respect in my network, uh, she shared recently about how she took a meeting sabbatical, <laughs> which is, I mean, I'm not, I don't know exact the exacting uh, story around this, but basically in short, she sort of took a sabbatical from, took a break from any non-critical meetings, like no how are you doing meetings? No, like meeting up for coffee. Like she just took a humongous break from excess connecting. And instead, and this sort of is resonant with my word of the year, my word for 2022 is focus. And so I'm, I'm really working to filter my choices through this, this concept, this idea of focus, I chose it because I wanted to focus my work with melaniecurtis.com stuff on my keynote speaking, because I've never focused on that. And that's what I want to do. But as I work with the word, as I work with that lens, it's helping me see where not focusing is is taking time away in a in ways that I value, right? Like I value doing the the let's meet and see how we can help and support each other type meeting. I really like that. But is that the way I should be spending my time now if I'm wanting to focus anyway? The reason I brought up the meeting sabbatical is because I think it also points to fear in that if I choose to do that, right, if I choose to take a sabbatical from some of the things that I have been doing regularly and believe in as a positive value for my life and business and personal self, yada, 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 all the things. What happens if I take a break? I might miss out on something. I might miss that opportunity. That relationship might might cool. That what you know, all these sort of fears come up around not maintaining a certain level of communication and contact. So I want to look at that too, because I, 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 in reading about my friend's sort of sabbatical and her ability only in saying sort of no to a lot of things that she would, was doing, was she able to really focus and have time, legitimate time for self-care versus like, I know I'm at the end of my rope. So if I don't lay and drool and watch television, I'm going to fuck up something royally Instead of that experience, it's more of the sustainable experience. So anyway, kind of rambling there, but. <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks. I, uh, I also have a word for this year that I'm 
put down for myself when I was going through my goals and intentions for 2022 and the words change. Mm. Uh, I, I wanted to have this freedom to change. Nice. Yeah. Um, I felt like there's been a lot of things, the walls that I've created for myself in who I am and what I do and how I do it and the way that I do it or why I do it and who I'm doing them with. Like all these things are like, they're all preconceived. I, I made all this shit up. Yeah. Right? And so I chose the word change this year as my like hashtag 2022 word of the year. And it's there to remind me that everything changes. It's amazing how fast it changes too. Sometimes like in just an instant, you know, a whole world turns upside down. And yeah. sometimes other times it feels like it, it just crawls. Um, but I've, I, I really feel that there is, there's a cyclical nature to it. I think that we, the more we relate to our universe, to our, um, the seasons, to the seasons in our, in our year, as well as the seasons in our lives and embrace that idea of, of change and that there's going to be different versions of freedom, you know, what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even just you, talking about that. Well, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, that, I, I was just going to say, I mean, there was a time where, for me where I lived without a phone. Uh, I went for 10 years without a fixed address, a phone or a bank account. Yeah. You know, so I had that young, like wild and free kind of life experience of like, that was me escaping the boundaries of societal norms by like, I'm not going to have an address. I'm not going to pay rent. I'm not going to have a bank account and pay fees every month. And I'm not going to have a phone where you can reach me because I need to be available to you. So your friend who's like taking on sabbatical for meetings, I'm like, same thing. I'm, like, I'm going to take a sabbatical from everybody. Like, yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want with my life and not be available unless you happen to find me on this earth in person. Yeah. You know, and even then I might not have time for you, you know, <laughs> depending right. on where I'm at, you know, and that, that, that chain, you know, like there was a period where that was really what I wanted. And then it has completely gone full circle to where another decade came around where I wanted real lots of structure and I wanted lots of connectivity and I really needed all these things to create what I wanted to have in my life. And then came back to the other thing, took a complete sabbatical and went no phone, no contact with only had contact with one person for mm -hmm. six months. Wow. And and went on a through hike on the Appalachian Trail yep. to like fully unplug and take that like, let's just disconnect for a while and check in with self and see how I really feel about the direction that life is going in. and whether I want to make any changes to that. Yeah, I love this notion of change. I, I think it's so interesting how the fear can sneak in, certainly around change and perceptible, what if the fear of the unknown, like how, how do we, are, are we free to change if we're fearing the uncertainty of go, going into something theoretically unknown and new? 
obviously that's a major block, but it's, it's funny. I was thinking earlier about this notion of freedom versus the freedom to choose having more roots. I feel like I've mentioned this before on the show, but maybe not. But as it relates to this conversation, having roots or a sense of home in a physical, literal location could be perceived as a lack of freedom by by some. But by me, who has had a life much like yours, that has been very transient, very mobile life, which I love, like I still feel very, very at home, traveling, moving, I feel a lot of comfort in that experience. And so I still do that. But there is a part of me that wants that is wanting to feel free to sit to be more still, to be less transient, to have the experience of cultivating roots, which is a big reason why I've leaned in so intentionally to my community here. And I'm glad I have, because I feel like I have a community here, a a totally different community outside of the skydiving community. That is something I've worked to create for myself. And I'm and I love it. I'm very, very grateful for every person in my, in my Jersey community and New York community. Yeah, it's just different, you know, but it took that that sort of realization a while ago to to recognize that something that I felt like I was missing, because I was sort of blindly valuing the other thing. And sort of fearing what it would mean to my freedom if I were to actually double down on a physical location. I was really scared when I made my decision to purchase a house the first time. Yeah. That was really scary. The idea of having a mortgage after living debt free for, you know, 20 years, like never had any debt. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go into this idea of like, I have to go to work every day because I have to pay a mortgage. Cause if I don't, if I default on it, I now lose all the work that I've done. So the freedom of having a roof over my head was something I have to earn, but it also meant being trapped. So there's this weird kind of oxymoron double headed sword or double-edged sword type scenario where you're like, oh, I have a warm, safe place to come home to every day. I have an investment where I'm not just giving my money away to a property owner, a landlord. I'm actually investing in myself and my family for the future. But at the same time, I'm trapped Mm -hmm. is now I have a mortgage. And it means I can't just stop working and wander off and go do something else that interests me. I have to follow through. And so the versions, right? The versions of freedom there yeah. are reflected. Yeah, yeah. And that begs the question of, okay, if one does want that, how could they do that? How could they mitigate like that piece? How could they feel less trapped if, you know what I mean? If freedom is a driving value and that's important to you to feel, how can you get earn more of a down payment or like just what part of the process do does one need to learn more about such that they don't feel as trapped when they go into that experience yeah and I, i'm speaking about that for myself but others listening as well 
Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thought around this lately because I sold my house uh, a couple of years ago now, and I've been wanting to reinvest and been waiting and looking for the right opportunity. And I don't want to just buy another house mm-hmm. and have another mortgage uh, or you know, even just buy outright and just have a place to live. I really want to grow and to change and to create spaces that are going to foster connection and healing and a celebration and art and all these things that are important to me. So because I don't have the resources available for that in entirety, it's going to take time to develop. It means I have to be willing to accept another phase of this committing into a period of investment, uh, but also carrying debt. And so this version means um, you know, previously, like, um, 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 <laughs> what I relied upon, the system that I relied upon in order to pay my mortgage in my house was me going to work every day. And I'm not willing to do that for next level. What I, what I want for the next level is a property that has the potential to earn its own income, mm-hmm. whether through any number of different ways of leveraging uh, revenue from financial financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So right. So this is going coming back to the same topic. It's like mm-hmm. okay, I'm willing to, to go all in on something as long as it's going to have the potential to generate financial freedom yeah. for itself, so that it can operate and create and hold the space for all these things to happen. But I don't have to like go out there and grind every day in order to keep that established space being held. Yeah, I that's definitely money was on my list in terms of a collapsed idea around freedom, how freedom and money are almost always collapsed. If we are living in this society, theoretically, where there is going to be some part of the feeling of freedom collapsed with money. And so it, it's smart, it really does beg the question of what version of that freedom do you want? And how does one get there? You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that are like, okay, I want X amount of dollars in the bank. Well, how come? What does that equate to you? And or the alternate version of that question of what, how much money would you need in the bank to feel safe, aka to feel free? Yeah. I think it's it very di- it's very different for every person, but um, definitely a part of the freedom conversation is the financial freedom piece. This is that's a huge huge thing. I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to it. You well, know. we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're allowed to be imperfect. I was just like, oh, I don't know where this is gonna go. Blah. You know, so thank you, everyone listening, by the way, for bearing with us today. (laughs) We're both fucking exhausted, but it's true. It's yeah. Anyway. So anyway, go ahead, Jake. Well, do you think there's ever been any other topic that's more? I mean, for me, I grew up in poverty. So financial freedom is like it's the number one limiting factor, you know, and I can't believe it's like the you know near the end of the episode where we're like we're going to talk about that because it's almost so obvious that you overlook it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think that's like actually you said, true. They, they they fold into each other is, is a great way to describe it because there are those of us 
in the world who are privileged to have financial freedom or born into it or it arrives in our lives somehow or we work for it you know whatever means it comes to be and then suddenly it's not the the thing that money is not the limiting factor anymore and that's a a concept that a lot of people like hold as what freedom means yeah correct right like that is like the definition of freedom for a lot of people and i don't think about it that way i think about the concept of having like financial freedom is just like having a really awesome set of tools Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I could go to the garage and open every door in the biggest toolbox and every tool I would ever need for anything I would ever want to do would be there. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I have the skills to use those tools or that I can build or create anything that I want or suddenly I'm going to have all the things that those tools are capable of creating. It just means I have the tools to do them. And I think that's a realization that comes separate from the idea that you know money is freedom because yeah it's not well yeah i mean and think about it this is i think why there's this interesting societal common experience where people who have the experience of not having money or not having financial quote unquote freedom or great wealth that provides access to different things that we can't access without that kind of money have usually, unless they are really stuck in major scarcity, major, like only living in survival, which I thank goodness I've never really had that experience. So I can't actually speak to that. So I've never had the life experience where I am just all I can do the every single paycheck dollar and cent goes to putting food on the table. I've not had that experience. So that can be really difficult. Maslow's hierarchy, like if we don't have our survival needs met, it's very, very difficult to to go up the ladder to spiritual enlightenment and all those things, relational connection, all that stuff. Why I bring that up is that like Siddhartha, for example, he just forsook, you know, all of his worldly belongings and, and was the rich prince. Right. And he said, okay, I'm going to get rid of this because I, I want to feel or try to experience spiritual enlightenment. I want to try to experience that spiritual freedom. And it makes me think of that quote from Jim Carrey, where, where he says, I wish everybody would get rich and famous so that they can see that it's not the answer. Right. So it's like being trapped in this idea that money equates freedom when really we it's one version of freedom in our current society. But it's certainly not the depth of freedom that most people would speak to if they could. The the irony in there is, you know, the log cabin guy, Eric, you know, he's he's got money is not a thing. Right. It's you have a set of tools. You're building a place to live. You sustain yourself off of the wilderness around you. Money is almost not part of the equation. If we look at it from that, you know, sustain yourself in the world kind of perspective. But like you said, it's that tool in the toolbox. If you, if your concept of what you want to have in life or values or what you want to create include using that tool, then it's necessary. Yeah, for sure. 
Oof, I had a well, we really, can, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I had a really challenging life relationship to money hmm. and the concept of freedom and how money plays into that is, is such a massive topic. And we've talked about money specifically in other episodes. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of put a bow on the topic before we close this out, because that's a really big one for any one of us to spend some time thinking about um, where the idea of freedom and the idea of financial freedom need to be compartmentalized as to two different things because financial freedom is one thing in itself and true freedom or whatever other title of freedom we want to have there is something, something else entirely. Yeah. And the the notion of working toward a bigger, different version of freedom may feel like a lack of freedom in the short term. So like having to widen our scope as well around what freedom actually means. Like you and I have talked about it. We've said it the whole time. We've chosen into our current levels of overwhelm because we're working towards something bigger. And so that's why I don't feel like a depressed about it. It's more just like this recognition of the unsustainability of the level of workload and not wanting to get to that cliff where I fall off the edge and more so feeling and knowing I'm in choice, knowing I'm freely choosing this and recognizing, oh, what are the skill sets that I'm missing Oh, okay, I need to hire this person. Okay, maybe I have, I have resources. Great, I have some financial freedom. I can hire this person to help lift this off of my shoulders. And okay, now what is it like to manage this person on my team and, and be more of a, of a like team leader, project manager versus the actual executioner? <laughs> I said that on purpose because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's your preferred method? Do you like a guillotine or uh, electrocution or uh, hanging? What's your... I just watched uh, the other Bolin girl, the movie about Anne Boleyn and how she got her. She was decapitated. <laughs> Life is so crazy. It is. But anyway, more. There's so much more on this topic, but I, I appreciate you diving into the conversation with me, Jay, because. I really just posed it, like I said, because I'm like, I could use some help around this and I could use some perspective that might might be useful. And I feel like always if I'm experiencing something, someone else in the world is, too. So it's going to be of value. So I have the request for to our audience. If you're listening, then uh, please chime in and give us your perspective on freedom, how what this means to you, how you, we might better reflect on our perspectives, help us to gain some perspective uh, on what it could mean to us. Uh, and you're welcome to comment on our YouTube videos, join up to comment on the DMs on Instagram or directly on any of the posts that are there. You can reach out to us directly at our contacts and, um, or you can become a member of the Trust the Journey family. And for those of you who are already in the family, let's talk about it. What does freedom mean? How does freedom showing up or where are you feeling a lack of or need more of freedom yeah absolutely trust the journey dot today for all of that stuff everyone 
uh, Kim, Kimberly Joy Voice, our editor. We love you. Kimberly Joy Voice at gmail.com. If you guys want help with audio editing, she's your girl. But thank you all for listening. Thank you for being with us. We freaking love you dearly and deeply. <sighs> Enough said. Anything else, my friend? Love you. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye, everyone.